The Leaderpreneur Show, Episode 32, Team Communications and Behind the Scenes. Let's go. Welcome back, my friends, to The Leaderpreneur Show the podcast for leaders to deepen their knowledge while exploring an entrepreneurial journey of their own. I'm your host, Stephen Faust, and I'd like to personally thank you today for taking the time to join us for some leadership discussion and learn how we are operating our online businesses behind the scenes. If you like the show, I'd encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by going to leaderpreneurshow.com and smashing that subscribe button. You can subscribe on any of the podcast directories out there. So just pick the one that works best for you. And we'd be honored to have you as a regular listener. Today, as always, I'm joined by my great friend, my co-host, my partner in crime. He's from Atlanta, Georgia. He's Michael Tanner. Hey, Michael, how's it going today, my friend? Stephen, I am doing great, man. How about yourself? Oh, I'm, I'm fantastic. It's a beautiful day again in Phoenix. As weather shifted, it's still, what, 70 degrees in Atlanta? Oh, man, it's it's actually cooled off, and, and we've had some, some rain today. And uh, best I can tell, tonight it's going to be in the mid-30s for us. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, here in May, and, and we're going to have mid-30s, that, that's, uh, that's a bit of a culture shock for us. No, that's uh, that's definitely. Let me see. Right now in Chandler, Arizona, it's 102 degrees. Holy Moses! You can see here. No one can see this, but but you can. Yeah, 102 <laughs> degrees. Uh, and it's oh, we're gonna have a low of 69 tonight, so it'd be nice and crisp. Man, yeah, you better uh, better bundle up at 69. Yeah, <laughs> no, good. Everything's going well. Like everything going well with you? Yeah, good. Yeah, I mean. Uh, We've talked about it on the podcast for a number of weeks, but everybody is still kind of in the quarantine phase, uh, still leading uh, teams remotely. And um, But luckily, uh, cabin is the only kind of fever we've gotten around here. So uh, that's, good. that's good. Yeah, no, it's good. Everybody's well. And, and Arizona actually started opening up today as we record oh, yeah. this. Yeah, I mean, I was going to go get a haircut at Sport Clips, and every Sport Clips within within the vicinity that was on the app was a 120-minute wait, um, which is, I think, the max they'll show, and you couldn't check in or anything. So, yeah, there's a lot of people out trying to get their haircut. Yeah, well, you know, we um, Georgia opened up last week, and um, that was one of the very – that was top of my list of things to do was to go get a haircut. Uh, so uh, luckily, uh, my barber is a good friend. They had to make a lot of changes. They had to go to appointment only and, and all of that. Uh, but luckily, I was able to get that first appointment of the day. So yeah, as soon as I could get in there, I did. That's good stuff, man. Well, you're looking dapper with your haircut. I like it. That was like a week that. ago now. So it's almost time for another one. I don't know. It's still pretty marine-like, uh, so I think I think it's okay. It's all I don't good. Know so I would pass inspection right now, though. Uh, well, uh, I think you might. <laughs> I don't know. The, the stuff on your face might. Uh, hey, no, that's that's a different that. story. That's a different story. That a different story. Uh, but but good to go. I'm glad you're you're doing well and healthy and and all. But I'm looking forward to today's conversation, which is the month of communication here, the month yeah. of May. 
and what's on tap. So I thought today we'd talk about team communication. Just talk about some of the details and dynamics around uh, communicating to your team. Uh, it could be a team of you know four people. It could be a team of 400 people. Uh, these uh, characteristics of good team communication we're going to talk through today, they apply no matter what, if it's four or 400. And uh, so I just thought we'd, let's first talk about what does it look like to properly communicate to your team? How's that sound? That sounds great, man. Looking forward to it. Let's do it. All right. So first thing I want to do is I, I want to be really, really clear as we get into this and talk about again that we're talking about team communication here. So we're talking about, you know, group communication or mass communication, if you will. This is not necessarily uh, one-on-one or, or individual communication that we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, you're going to communicate to a large group of people. And I think one of the first things I'll say to you as a leader is that you have to do this. This is a must. Uh, you know, I, I, I know at times leaders, they struggle. Uh, maybe, you know, what is it that um, public speaking is one of the great, you know, it, it's a fear above, above death. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I know it's scary and I know that as a leader, you don't necessarily want to do this or whatever, but you just got to do it to be a good, effective leader. You've got to communicate to the team. You've got to be in front of them. You've got to do that verbally as well. So uh, just know that you've got to do this. So having said that, let's jump into a few bullet points that, that, that I have here around what do you need to do when you're communicating to your full team? And the first thing I want to share with you, and this is a bit of an art. I wish it was a science, but it's not. It's a bit of an art. But you've got to ensure that in your communication, there is sufficient detail, sufficient amount of detail in your communication. And here's why you have to ensure that that's the case. If you're communicating to a group of people, I promise you there are differing personalities um, in that audience, right? And differing personalities, they receive information differently and they process information differently. You'll have some people in the audience that, you know, all you had to say is, okay, we're going to go make this change. And that's enough for them. Okay. You know, their response or the way they process that simple communication is, okay, let's go do it. Others are going to process, process that communication with tons of questions. And so this is why it's an art. You have to kind of find the sweet spot as it relates to, and you got to know your people. We talk about Leadership is relationship and all that. So you got to know your people well enough to find the sweet spot to communicate the sufficient details that's going to kind of overcome some of the differing personalities there. And, and we'll talk about uh, kind of a, another uh, sub-bullet list here, if you will, on well, what are those different parts here in just a moment. But Stephen, what's your thoughts there on getting out the right amount of detail to, to handle the differing personalities? And that's key is that we're all human beings and human beings are, are different types of creatures, right? I mean, we think, act and operate differently. We respond to stimulus differently. We respond to body language differently. We respond to the, the, the clarity and the perception of clarity that we have. And, and we do this from our life experiences, from our work experiences, from the experiences we had when we were children. And those are pretty cemented and people aren't often going to change. So as a leader, it's incumbent on us and on you 
to figure out a way to adapt to the differences uh, among your team members. And, and I agree, it, you know, when you first said it's an art, not a skill, I'm thinking, I don't know, how do I feel about that? And, and then you started unpacking that. And I, I think there is a skill element to it, but I do also think that, that the art form is just relating to people. Again, leadership is relationship. You can't be an effective leader if you don't understand that. So recognizing that if you have 10 team members, you likely have uh, two or three different types of ways to communicate across 10 unique personalities. So uh, you got you got to always consider that because if if you don't what you have is a virtual wall in between you and that team member and thinking you're going to penetrate that like it's a like it's a shield on on Star Trek. You're not going to be able to penetrate that with anything. So that's something something you got to know and understand. Yeah, you know, and I think it's important that you as a communicator that you yeah, you want to get the content, right? Whatever the content of this communication, you want to get it out there. You want to get people in the know around whatever it is you're communicating. But as the communicator, you've got to take on the responsibility of making sure everyone understands what you're trying to communicate. Uh, here's a lesson I'll share quickly with you in the form of a story that I that I learned several years ago. Uh, and it was actually in a, um, it was at a marriage conference that my wife and I had attended. It was kind of one of those two or three day, I can't remember, weekend long kind of marriage conferences. So it was a big group setting and and um, had a couple that was doing this marriage conference and phenomenal. They were doing a great job. Uh, and one of the topics that they talked about was communication. So communication in marriage. Um, and the, the guy made this statement. I, I'm not going to quote it because I don't know exactly how he said it, but uh, it was really, really profound for me. It, it really resonated with me, and it quickly I quickly learned that it that translates into any communication, not just marriage communication. But basically what he was what he said was, if you're the communicator, right if you're the one sharing something, and the person you're communicating to doesn't understand, it's your fault as the communicator. It's always your fault as the communicator. So if you're the communicator and someone in your group doesn't understand, then it's your fault. Now, um, in a marriage, uh, obviously that's one-to-one communication. You've got uh, one personality you're trying to communicate to. Um, In a team communication setting, you're communicating to a, a, a lot of different personalities, right? But if you look at your responsibility as a communicator in that light, what it does is it drives you to the extra effort to make sure that everybody understands what you're communicating because it's too easy for, for a leader, for a communicator to say, well, say to themselves, well, I said it once. If they don't understand it, that's their, that's their problem. That's their fault, right? You as a communicator got to take on that responsibility of if they don't get it, if they don't understand it's my fault, and therefore I got to put in the extra effort. And we'll talk about what that extra effort looks like here in a, in a moment. But I got to put in the extra effort to make sure that everybody in the team understands what I'm saying. So, what's your thoughts there? It's Stephen. If you're communicating, it's your fault. What do you think? Well, what that really says to me is that as the leader, you take the responsibility. It's the same thing. It's 
leaders take responsibility for clear communication. You are in a you're in that role, and that's a core job responsibility, right? Of all leaders. So I I take that synonymously with how you unpack that. And and, and just like your just like your spouse or your wife or your husband or or uh, or any of our listeners, whoever that person across from you is in this in this relationship at home, uh, you're the communicator. How is that? How is that person? How is your team member supposed to know what you mean? And because they're people, they're not psychics, right? They're not mind readers. So it's really important that as a leader, as a spouse, as, you know, a father to a son, to a daughter, a mother, whatever, you've got to be able to get the message across in a way that resonates with that person. Otherwise, you're making noises out of your mouth that aren't going to really mean anything, right? right. So you've got to be able to, to make that connection. Yep, definitely. Well, so let's talk about then a little bit around what are the details that make communication sufficient, right? And I've got a few bullet points here around what I consider to be, this is the minimum, right? And so if you're communicating to a team, I view these three bullets as here's the minimum of what you need to share. Now, again, because it's kind of an art, you may have a team where you've got to share even more detail than this. But to me, this is kind of the minimum that you need to share. Uh, And so let's take the scenario maybe where you're communicating to your team and you're communicating to your team, you know, some type of change that you're trying to initiate or you're trying to create within the team. Maybe you're going to, you're going to be doing something differently, right? You've, you've done a particular process this way for many years, maybe, but you're going to be, as a team, you're going to be making a change and doing that, whatever it is, somewhat differently. Okay. So if we take that scenario, then the first thing that you've got to communicate well uh, to be sufficiently detailed, you've got to properly describe for the team the what. What are you, what in, in the scenario I painted, what change are you going to make? What, you know, hey team, we, we've already, we've always done this process this way. Uh, you know, in, in my software development world, we've always followed a waterfall methodology. Team, we're going to shift to doing a agile software development methodology, right? I've got to be really clear on the what. What are we doing it is huge as it relates to sufficient communication. What's your thoughts on on what? Yeah, it's really the basis for the communication. If you can't translate and transfer the what, then you've automatically... Uh, created a disconnect between you and the person you're communicating to, the team that you're communicating to. That's the fundamental, the foundation of what is required to begin the process of communication, right? Uh, people won't, it, it, it's almost like a, a, a headline. It's a headline in an article. If the headline doesn't grab your attention, then the chances are they're not reading the rest. And, and the rest of it are the things that you're going to talk about in the next two things, but, but there's got to be a compelling reason to grab attention. And as a team member, they may not have a choice. They may have to listen to you, but that doesn't mean it's going to resonate. That doesn't mean it's going to connect. It's incumbent to really make that, that headline. The what is the headline to grab attention and to create an environment 
where the next couple of things can occur. You know, that's a very good point, Stephen. I love that analogy of, you know, a, a news article or something and, and the headline, because you're exactly right. The headline is kind of the what. Too many leaders, in my opinion, in their team communication, they stop at what. They don't do the other details we're going to talk about, but they stop at what. But here's something I will, you know, I'll be very transparent and let you know. Sometimes the what for some of those people in the audience, that's enough. And your, you know, your news article is a perfect example of that. Uh, and my wife and I, we we view news articles rather differently. Um, uh, I'm of the type that sharing the what is sufficient because I'll read a news uh, headline and I'll read it and say, yeah, totally agree with that. My wife, no, 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 that is not enough. She's got to read the entire article and then say, yeah, I, I agree with that or I understand that. I just need the headline. I either agree or disagree with the headline and then I move on a lot of times, right? But if you have those individuals that need more than the what, then the next thing that you have to communicate is why. And again, we're, we're, we're going kind of through the, the minimum set of details that you need to communicate. First, you got to communicate why. Secondly, you've got to share with those that, are, have, that have some question in their mind. You've got to share with them why. So again, in, in our scenario, you're making a change. In my software world, I'm going from, from uh, the waterfall methodology. I know for the software geeks that, that, we, that are out there, I'm talking their language. Everybody else doesn't understand a word I'm saying probably. It's got to be one. Yeah, maybe. Um, we're moving from waterfall methodology to an agile methodology, right? And then I've got to explain why. Why are we making that change? Why is this important? Um, and, and, you know, so why we would do this. You know this as well as anybody. People don't just get up every morning and say, ooh, I hope we change something today, right? I, I, I've I've d done my job this way every day for the last several years. I just hope today that we change that. People don't just look at change that way. A lot of people really, really reject change. And if you're communicating, especially something, if you're communicating around change, you have to talk about why you're making that change or, or, or why you're communicating that. Whatever it is you're going to do, you've got to include why. Yeah, absolutely. And and to close the book on the what, you know, I think I think of the what and people that communicate only the what, those are your 1970s managers. Yeah. Right? Good those point. are the ones that says, you know, I'm the boss. Here's what you're going to do. Right? Yes. That's the way I think about it. And you're going to do it because I said do it. And that's kind of the mentality that comes to mind, right? And and for today's Workforce, today's generation, today's, uh, you know, for, for today's worker, team member to be engaged, they've got to have more. It's not enough to know what, right? So uh, that's important. Now, the why, it's, it's, again, part of this ingrained human nature to want to know why. And I think about this, I think about if I was getting hired to dig a ditch, right? Dig a ditch, fill a ditch, dig a ditch, fill a ditch, dig it. You know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go nuts. I need to know why I'm doing this. Why am I doing that? Why am I doing this? There's, there must be a reason. And it, it's, it's incumbent on us or it's, it's ingrained in us to want to know why. Now that doesn't mean every team member is going to ask. It doesn't mean every team member 
is going to say, well, I'm not doing it unless you tell me why. That's not at all what's likely to happen. But if you want to make the connection at a deeper level to get buy-in from them, to really get them to understand why it is you're telling them to do what, then you've got to come up and make the connection between the two. Then you have the engagement you need to go do this what at a very high and successful level. Yeah, you know, use a really, really important word there, Stephen, as it relates to communication, and that is buy-in. That is the biggest reason that you're that you're sharing the why behind something is is so that you will get buy in. Now, again, as I, as we talked about with the article and the headline, sometimes just given the headline, you get buy in from some of your people, but others they need that why uh, to to align with and, and you know to get the for you to get the buy in to whatever it is that you're communicating. And just to be clear with those leaders like you were talking about, especially those 1970s uh, industrial, uh, you know, leaders. Uh, and also maybe uh, my dad uh, in his parenting skills. <laughs> the answer to why is not because I said so, right? That is not the answer. When you communicate to your team and you're wanting to communicate to them why, do not say because I said so. That is just not going to fly. Um but let's get to bullet point number three. This is the minimum for sufficient detail of your team communication. And I like to include this one. It's the what's in it for them. What is in it for them? Um, you, you know, they assume if you're, like I was saying earlier, if you're making some kind of change, they assume that there's some kind of benefit and all that to the company or the bottom line or the revenue or whatever. But you're asking them, you know, you're communicating them in my scenario to, to make a change. Well, what's in it to the in it for them for them to make this kind of change? And I'll, I'll finish out my scenario here and just kind of give everybody a full picture of what that communication would look like here in just a second. But Stephen, what's your thoughts on sharing and communicating with your team? This idea of sharing with them what's in it for them. Well, it's the last the last piece of this trifecta of the what, why, and what's in it for them, right? Because again, I know what I'm doing. Okay, clarity, clarity, go, 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 go over there and clean that corner out. Why? Oh, wow. Why? Because I told you? Well, no, that was Michael's father, what I just learned. So, and probably my father as well. And a lot of our fathers were like that. And there are times that I'm like that, but you know, that's not the way you want to be, but why, why do we want to go clean the corner out? Well, because we have an audit coming up and we can't have the corner looking like that because our auditors will write us up under this provision and this, see this handbook right here, it's right, right there. Oh, okay. I get it. Well, what's in it for them? What's in it for me? Well, well, because if we have a, a successful audit, we're all going to enable our business to be more successful. We're all going to be able to do our jobs without disruption and without having to go chase uh, findings and actions and closures and all these things. And you're going to have a much, a much uh, more pleasant day, so to speak. So, uh, you, you know, if you just think of the, that trifecta, uh, and things will go pretty well. Things will go pretty well. You don't have to be a wordsmith or uh, or Zig Ziglar, you know, that's my goal is to bring Zig Ziglar up on every episode. Oh, we'll, you don't we'll have to, him shortly. I'm, I'm certain yeah. of that. You don't have to be Zig Ziglar and use words like he does or did uh, to get your point across. You can be very normal, plain spoken 
English, nothing fancy. It's about the content, not not the rapper. Yeah, totally agree. And and you know your your analogy again. I mean, you're always spot on with your analogies. The audit analogy is a perfect one because so many team members they don't even understand. Oftentimes, why do we do these ISO audits and things like that? They don't even know why. Oftentimes, they don't even know what an ISO audit is. And so, why do I have to do all this extra work for this guy that's going to come in and and grade me or whatever? And they don't understand the implications of an ISO audit to your business and in the fact that well, a lot of a lot of customers won't even work with us unless we're ISO certified. And so, so those kind of audit things is a perfect example of why it's so important that you communicate what and why, and then what's in it for them as well. Uh, so let me, let me kind of finish out my, my analogy really quickly of the software development uh, for the one guy that's uh, out there that understands what I'm saying. So I'm going to communicate what, as a software development organization, we're going to move from the methodology of waterfall and we're going to move to an agile, a well-defined agile software development methodology. That's what. Well, why are we going to do that? We're going to do that because our business and our customer base is transitioning in such a way that they need more rapid releases. They, they need more incremental releases of our software rather than these you know, huge big bang feature sets of software every three years. Our customers need that. So that's why we're going to move to this different methodology. Well, now what's in it for them? What's in it for the software developers? Well, in this new methodology, you're going to have shorter development cycles and you're going to have more visibility into the progress and how well we're doing. So, you know, when we move into this methodology, we benefit as a team from visibility, from shorter development cycles, and more flexibility on priorities and requirements. So that's what's in it for them. So that's an example of communication that covers all three of those bases. And I think the audit one is a perfect example of that too. Uh, But let's move on. So we got some other bullet points here we need to get to as well, Stephen. Um, Timeliness. Your communication, and, and I see um, I see leaders do make this mistake all the time, especially when they communicate kind of after the fact. But if you're communicating with your team, you've got to be sure that your communication is timely. If you're in front of your team and you're saying, hey, guys, let me tell you about something that happened last month. I mean, that's just not going to resonate well with most of your people because that was last month, right? Or, you know, the change that I was talking about. If I wait till we get about halfway through implementing that change and then I start communicating with the team, oh, it's too late, right? So your communi- your team communication on whatever topic you need to communicate, it needs to be really, really timely. You can't let time go past after something's happened and you got to give your team plenty of time to hear it up front if you're communicating something you guys are going to do in the future. So it's got to be timely. What's your thoughts there? Absolutely. It's highly critical that that is the case. And uh, I typed it up as you were talking here. Uh, it's, it's the recency effect, right? It's the recency effect. The recency effect, according to verywellmind.com, I have no idea what they are, but uh, as cognitive psychology, the recency effect is the tendency to remember the most recently presented information best, right? So, again, to your point, if um, if if we have something that we need to communicate and we wait for a month, a 
people look at us deer in the headlights because they won't even know what we're talking about. And if you think you're going to get momentum or action or results or a different outcome from that, you can jump up and down all day long and, and tell them the what's in it for me and the why. And they're going to say, I, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I mean, yep. I can't even remember yesterday what I had for lunch. Right. So uh, t- timely, it's, it's got to be timely. And all of these things go together. It's, it's the it's the what, the why, the what's in it for me. It's got to be done timely because any one of those things, elements absent, it's like a, it's like the critical piece in the Jenga game. Right. Yeah. You pull it out. Everything crumbles. Everything crumbles. So it's it's that pivotal Jenga piece. Yeah. And um, you got to think of it like that because you got you got to have all of them to have successful team communication all the way through and through. Yeah, I agree. You know that timeliness thing. You bring to mind a good analogy. Uh, have you ever been in some type of training where you know it's kind of classroom type training, and so you were maybe through a lecture, maybe even a test or whatever, but you were learning something new, but then you didn't actually utilize that new skill maybe for for months down the road. Well, when you get to that point of, I need to actually now utilize that skill that I learned, that recency effect. If two months have gone by since that training and I haven't used that skill yet, I I tend to forget everything about that training. But if I can take the training and then somewhat immediately start implementing that new skill, then I I, I learn it much better, right? And it's kind of the same with communication. Timeliness. You don't want to say, okay, Six months from now, here's what we're going to do. If that's the case, don't bother communicating it for another six months, right? So you want to communicate and then get right to action. Or if if you're communicating something that's happened, then you want to communicate it right after it happens, not not wait months and months and months. Um, all right, so let's move on to the next bullet point. And this one goes into the sufficient detail. It, it kind of aligns with it well uh, related to the differing personalities. But you've got to be prepared to communicate in different ways. And again, this is related to the fact that you've got differing personalities on your team. And so you've just got to be prepared and have a a communication plan that includes multiple forms of communication. Um, Some individuals are better, very auditory, right? So they hear it and they get it. They, they, they retain it and they get it. And so verbal communication for those folks, perfectly fine. Others, They've got to read it. They've got to process it through reading it and things like that. And so you've got to be prepared to, to, you know, maybe it's an all hands meeting where you're verbally communicating and then you're going to follow that up with an email so that those of you in your audience that, that need to read it and process it, then, then they can do it in that form. But not just differing forms like verbal versus written, but the way you deliver the content. I mean, again, based on personalities, some people, this is this is me for sure. I think and process in bullet points. And so if you communicate to me, whether it's verbal or written, but you communicate to me in bullet points, boom, I'm all over it. Right. Others, they need uh, you know, more content around, they need stories or or something like that. So you've just got to be prepared again because you're talking to a group of differing people. You've got to be prepared to communicate in different ways. Again, it's spot on. It's uh, it's just another element of, of connecting with people. And you have email you, you, you could do, you have the, that written form, you have verbal, but there's this other way that I think of too. It's, it's demonstrating, 
right? Is a good, good point. Um, depending on what you're asking people to do or, or what you're communicating, you may need to show them something that some people learn by reading, some people learn by seeing or hearing, and some people learn by uh, watching an example or being able to do it with some guidance or assistance. So don't discount that because sometimes in our business, we need to get specific tasks done and, and we may need to do this uh, way of showing. And I, I think of this, and I was, I was taught this at, at Honeywell some years ago. It's just, it's this, I do, we do, you do method, which is uh, I'll do it first and show you. Yep. We'll do it together. And then I'll observe you doing it. And through those three cycles, you get them observing, doing together, you observing them. And through that cycle, there's this transfer of information, of this communication, this effect that can get people to where they need and want to be much quicker. And I, I think all that's important, but there's only one class I failed in college and it was mind reading. <laughs> So that's the one thing you can't do is expect your team to read your mind. So Absolutely. whether you choose, whether you choose writing verbally, uh, miming, sign language, whatever works for your team, uh, I, I don't know what that is, but those are some of the ones that come to mind. You figure out what it is for your team, for your dynamic, and pick the one that works best given the personalities uh, of your team. And if you do that, got a, a, a strong chance of, of getting the message across and having them understand it the way you intended to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and to your point there of getting the message across, um, my last bullet point, I think we will share with the audience here is you got to be prepared to communicate repeatedly and routinely, repeatedly and routinely. Um, it, it, I see this all the time. And I honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm a, at times, this is a big, big struggle for me. Uh, at times I'm kind of of the opinion, well, I said it, you know, I said it once, it not enough. And the answer to that question is no, it's not right. Uh, now, obviously it depends on well, what are the, what's the content that we're talking about here, uh, as it relates to communicating it, uh, repeatedly and routinely, uh, you know, some things you're just not going to say re repeatedly, right? If you're communicating, oh, oh, by the way, don't forget, you know, next Friday's a holiday. Well, okay, you're not going to say that every day between now and next Friday. Uh, but other content, right? True team communication, true leadership communication, you're going to need to repeat that and you're going to need to repeat that routinely. There's all types of leadership sayings out there around communication, and I'm sure Zig Ziglar's got one, but there's all types of sayings out there around communication around, you know, when you get tired of saying it, you're, you're about halfway through with your communication of it, right? And, and so you just got to keep repeating, you know, think, think about it this way. If you're trying to make a big cultural change within your group, right? Well, you don't just communicate those kind of things one time. You've got to say that and say that and say, I, I mean, um, I don't remember who said this one time, but I, I wish I could, well, anyway, I'll say it anyway. Um, the, uh, the, the sentiment was, was this, as a leader, your team ought to be making jokes about what you're probably going to say 
you know, in some type of team meeting or whatever. And, and that's just because you say it so much. Um, so you got to be willing to repeat it and you got to be able to be willing to repeat that routinely for that communication to, to really stick within the team. And you, and it's exactly right. And you know, I'm going to bring Zig Ziglar. I, I, I had a feeling he was coming up. Yes. Yeah, he's coming up. I got to figure, figure out a way to get him into every episode of our podcast. And so Zig, when, he, when you talk about repetition, you talk about routine and you talk about, you know, if people are going to make jokes about you because you're just a broken record, well, Zig refers to that as this. He says, repetition is the mother of learning. It's the father of action and the architect of accomplishment. Boom. Repetition. I love that. Yes. And, yes. But he has another saying, and this is where I'm going to punt back to you. Oh, boy. He said that uh, to be effective, you have to have positive self-talk, right? Mm. Positive self-talk, which transitions nicely into what was that saying again that you say as you walk from your car to the door? Because that fits very well here. So, yeah, yeah. To combat my ego, I will always say to myself, and, and a lot of times out loud, the team is more important than me. The team is more important than me. Um, and you're right. I mean, that is so, so connects with communication because again, you don't want to communicate repeatedly. You know, kind of like what I've said earlier, when you're, when you're tired of communicating, when you're tired of saying it, then you're only about halfway there, right? And, you know, it, it's the architect of accomplishment, right? If you, whatever you're communicating, if you want to get it done, right? if you want it to actually happen in your team, you'd better repeat it right? because that's what's going to make it, you know, an accomplishment rather than just communication. So, yeah. Radio commercials, right? I mean, you're, you're listening to uh, serious yeah. or radio commercials. How many times do they repeat the phone number? Yeah. How many times do they repeat the website? Totally. Good analogy. You know, it's like, come on, one more time. It's like the seventh time they said it, and it's a 20-second commercial. Yeah, exactly. And, That's a very good analogy. Yeah. Why do they do it? Because repetition, right? It's, rep it's cementing something into someone uh, that they almost, it's like a song. You hear a song over and over on the radio. For the love of Pete, you can't get it out of your head all day long. I'm like, oh, I wish I would have never heard that because I'm going to drive myself crazy now. Yeah, okay. you you don't memorize a song because you heard it once and you liked it. You memorize a song because you've heard it repeatedly. Right? So even communication that people hear and they like, they don't necessarily then memorize it, right? Or it doesn't it doesn't stick. But if they hear it repeatedly, then it sticks. You know. So you know. I, some examples, maybe you've, you and your company, your team, you've created five core values. Well, if you just share those five core values once, and maybe it's core values that everybody just loves and completely agrees with, give it a week, and I guarantee you they can't tell you what those five are. Right? But if you repeat those five core values of your team just constantly, and again, people are joking in your group. Hey, another all hands meeting this week. I bet Michael's going to talk about the five core values. And if they're making those jokes, but the, the point is they've now memorized those five core values, right? So you got to repeat it. You got to do that routinely. 
And as you would say, you dad gum right, I am. Dad gum right. I'm going to talk dad about the core right. values. About, you know, <laughs> funny, we have we have a new set of core values um, at my company, and actually, they shipped them to me today from corporate, which is a stack of 40, 40 of the three foot by four foot wall things on the oh, foam board. Plaster on yeah. the wall, yeah. yeah. Visual, right? People remember what they hear. People remember what they see in repetition. So we put these around our our facilities, and you, they're going to every time they turn around, they're going to be faced uh, in reality or subconsciously or however they you know they'll tune it out, but they'll still see it in some way, and and it just cements the values that we want the organization to live by. And it, you're right; you can't say it once. You can't. It's not like it's an eye test where you go, uh, you know, here's a color test. Tell me the number you see. Tell me the number you see. And you never do it again. You're not going to remember that. Right. Uh, but but the rest is true. I mean, repetition is the, it, you've got to frequently communicate with your team. You can't do it once when there's a crisis and expect that um, that's going to mean anything. Absolutely. Totally. It's, it's only going to stick if you repeat it. Excellent. Good, good conversation, my friend. Is there any, any loose strings here before we transition over to behind the scenes? Well, I think before we jump behind the scenes, you know, for our listeners, the call to action as it relates to team communication is start with that last one. Make team communication a repeated and routine part of you know, the operation of your team. And then you just go back, you know, first start with making it a, a repeated and routine activity. Uh, you know, it's a, it's on the calendar weekly, whatever it might be. And then go back to those other bullet points and make sure you've got the right detail and it's timely and you're communicating in different ways and so forth. But uh, make it a routine. Team communication has got to be a routine for you as a leader. Great. That's perfect. And now we're going to shift behind the scenes and we're going to share some of the highlights that we are experiencing in our business. Maybe there's some lowlights too. I don't know. So it's about both, both ends of the spectrum as we are transparent here. So I'll start with you, Michael. How has your week been with working behind the scenes? Well, so behind the scenes in my business, uh, it's kind of a tale of two stories here, I guess, a little bit to, to the point you were making. Um, I'm real excited about some things that I'm doing, but then this week is I've just been slammed. I mean, I've had so much going on this week that I haven't had a chance to, uh, uh, to devote a lot of time to, to my side business. I mean, I've had a lot of work related stuff. I've had some personal related stuff within the family and, and all of that. Um, I got a tomorrow we're recording this on a Friday instead of our typical Sunday tomorrow. I've got to uh, drive four hours, I got three hours to get my daughter out of her dorm and then drive all that stuff uh, four hours back. Uh, so I've got a long day tomorrow. So that's going to be another day that I'm not going to get to devote to uh, some of this business stuff. But when I am making progress on, uh, I'm really, really excited about it. Um, you know, we talked about team communication in today's podcast. And a lot of what I'm doing right now is is putting together a team building workshop uh, and I've been doing a lot of work on that uh, uh, when when I can get to it. And uh, I'm excited about it. I, I'm excited that to soon be able to offer, uh, well, first of all, be able to enable people to quickly identify, well, what is it that's that's hindering your teamwork? What What's holding your team back? 
Uh, and I think I've got some good tools uh, that are going to be coming available for folks so that they can identify that. And then in various forms, one of them certainly being a workshop, uh, offer for, uh, for my clients uh, the, the, the ability to build a great team, um, you know, with, uh, you know, just the, the teamwork that they need to, to, uh, to, to win. It's funny that I, as I was just saying that, uh, I've been watching, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but, uh, uh, Michael Jordan has a documentary series. It's out right now. It's pretty popular called the last dance. And, um, as I was in the midst of building this team building workshop, I was watching one of those episodes and one of his quotes flashed across the screen. Now this is Michael Jordan, arguably the best basketball player on the planet. And he said this, he said, talent wins games, but teamwork wins championships. Um, and so I'm excited to offer that kind of capabilities to, to corporate teams uh, through a workshop and courses and other things. So I'm, I, that's what I'm doing behind the scenes right now is I'm building that out. That's awesome. Is that going to be, um, is that designed to be strictly an online or virtual offering or is that something you would want to do in person when the time allows? So, yeah, I definitely see this as being a, a workshop in person, right? So uh, an executive team or whatever, I'd go in and spend, you know, probably two days, three days with them uh, and, and go through. Uh, I've created this uh, uh, or I'm creating this quiz to help a team identify, well, what is it about your team that that's hindering uh, performance within your team? Like one of the elements of a, of a good working team is trust. Right. So uh, I, I'm, I'm creating some tools for them to Id- identify that hmm, one of the reasons that we don't work well together is because we don't trust one another. And then in a, in a workshop, uh, we'd work through that. Right. We do the hard work to get through that to the point that teams can begin to trust one another again and therefore work effectively together. Yeah, so they wouldn't like do the deadfall into someone's arms and hope. Yeah, there won't be any deadfalls. We won't be hugging and singing kumbaya and things like that. But we'll be doing real team work. I'm excited about that. It's uh, that's going to be pretty cool to see that come to fruition. So uh, good stuff Uh, for me. I'm doing a number of things. You know, chasing the butterflies. Kind of that's been me of late, but. I would say that you know, I'm, I'm really thinking about how I transition away from just a pure aerospace brand to more of a personal brand. Uh, so I'm working through a few of those things on, on how I'm going to treat the website and how I'm going to treat uh, email lists and all. But for right now, you know, status quo, we're, we're continuing to do what we're doing. I'm also working on this niche business around Army promotion and promotion points. And I made some progress progress this week there. I've um, I've written another blog post, finished it today. Uh, So I have four blog posts that are, you know, search word or keyword optimized and uh, to rank. So I'm I'm really thinking uh, about that, still working on revising the book to offer. Actually, I'm going to offer the the book as a pre-sell. I was uh, in one of my calls I was on, that was kind of a tactic of pre-sell it for five bucks or something, validate it, validate it through, through, um, just say, Hey, I got, I, I have this book and it's, uh, going to sell for 20 bucks and it'll be done in a month and you get it today for five and you'll be part of this early launch team. And I'll give you the chapters as they're written and, things like that and get feedback. And um, so I'm thinking about that as well. And just uh, 
waiting and driving organic traffic to uh, enable you know, folks to to start entering my my funnel of of help and and serving them on on how to get promoted faster and using my experience and journey to help help a tell the story and b apply it to them in a way that gets them results. So yeah, yeah. that's the goal. That's what I'm working on, as well as just uh, you know Arizona opened up today a little bit, like I had mentioned earlier, and. So kind of navigating that, excited. And the most important thing that's happened in my life this week is the fact that I found out that you like bees. <laughs> yes. So if, if you don't know this, and I didn't know this, I've known Michael for, you know, I think it's like 10 months now. But yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just found out the last few days on Facebook, I ran across this, this obscure video that I'm like, that guy looks like Michael. He sounds like Michael. That's Michael. He's, he's in his, what I assume is your backyard. It is. Yes. Down in, in the woods. So there was a set of bees and then I could have swore I saw Bigfoot back there. I'm not sure. I, but, I haven't found Bigfoot if he's back there yet, but I do have about 10,000 of my, my, my latest, my newest friends, uh, honeybees out in the backyard. Yeah. So if, if you're interested in that, check me out on Facebook. You can certainly find those videos. You learn something new about people every day. And before we started recording today, Michael and I, because I, I hit him upside the head with this little jewel of knowledge that I came across. And uh, we spent probably 15 minutes talking about the evolution of bees and how that how they come from the mail. They're born in the mail by the postal service. <laughs> and then they, yeah, they like transfer into your into your hive, right? It's like the it's like the the cartoons you used to see where the stork delivers the bee or, right. or uh, the baby. Well, the, yeah, the, the stork delivers your package of bees. Uh, you yeah. know what I know? I know now. You you know you find yourself in those meetings or whatever where you're doing introductions and and uh, whoever's faci- facilitating the meeting will say, "Hey, tell us who you are, what you do, and and tell us an interesting fact about you." Nobody knows about you. Right. Well, now I've got it, right? Nobody knows. Here's an interesting fact. I'm, I happen to be a beekeeper now. So That is awesome. And I'm, Michael's not buying my story yet, what I'm selling, but there is a niche business in him around bees. And I'm going to get this out of him. But before, before the year is out, he will have a niche site up on the fundamentals of bee management or something. I don't know what it's going to be. Beekeeping for beginners. Uh, com. <laughs> uh, but anyway, pretty cool man it's uh you learn a lot about people but but what it does is that's, that's a lot of work and upkeep really but those bees do most of the work from my guess yeah i'm i'm now in the boring phase you just <laughs> you just leave them out there and and get this you leave them out there and you just let them be you know i was watching that facebook and it, video and I, I'm, I'm waiting for like a plane crash here. I'm waiting for, <laughs> I'm waiting for the, the shock and all he's out there. Michael's out there with no gloves, with nothing. He's talking, he's holding the phone in one hand and he's like jiggling the wood. The wood won't come loose. He's prying it up. The bees are all, I'm like, this joker's going to get just tore up. You were watching for the train wreck. <laughs> I was waiting for you to run away like, like a little girl running away, screaming and and your wife coming out having to take you to the emergency room and it well, didn't happen. Well, it's like I told you, that's the reason that I record these things and then post them later. I don't get on Facebook Live and do it just in case something like that does happen. 
Well, that's absolutely great. I mean, I would have never, I would have sworn you were a, a ballet dancer before. Who'd you have guessed were. it? Yeah, who'd have guessed it? Well, my my inner my inner redneck comes out every now and again. Go check out Billy Bob B Man, aka Michael <laughs> Tanner, and I say that because we're recording this and we have our names on our on our screens on our videos and. Uh, his is appropriately uh, called Billy Bob B man. So uh, a, he knows more about bees than I'll ever know. And B I'm going to get him to open a, a niche business around it for passive income. And that's, that's, I'll have to work on him for a while, but we'll get there. Well, you, know right. how this is, you know how this is going to play out. The moment I see you uh, being that's successful right. with these uh, niche passive income uh, websites and I'm all right. over it, right? You're in. I'm in. I'm in. Yes. I'm going to go buy my own product, a ton of it, just to show you I'm successful because I want to see you make some beans. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. You want to uh, transition us and take us home? Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll take us out of here. So uh, from a leadership perspective, again, team communication, you've got to do it. You just have to do it. So make it a part of your routine and then go back and listen to those bullet points about making sure you've got the details and all that in, in your communication, but you got to do it. Got to do it. Um, and then for show notes, show notes for today's podcast episode and every other podcast episode Stephen and I have, have put out there, you can find those at leaderpreneurshow.com. That's leaderpreneurshow.com. Go find the show notes while you're there. Be sure you subscribe to the podcast. You don't want to miss a single episode. Leave a rating or review. We would greatly appreciate that as well. And then all things Stephen and his leadership, teaching and coaching and mentoring, you can find that at aerospaceleader.com, aerospaceleader.com. And for me, you can always find me at home at credibleleaders.com, credibleleaders.com. Check us out there. And then next week, next week, we're going to kind of continue this theme of the month around communication. Next week, we're going to share with you some details around communicating bad news, when you're communicating bad news, there's some nuances to that that you want to be sure you adhere to. So we're going to talk about communicating bad news next week. So be sure you don't miss that episode. And until Stephen and I share with you again, be blessed and lead well. Well,